Hi there, you're listening to Straighten Your Crown. I'm Jenny. Hey, I'm Larissa. And this is Jamila. Today's topic is womanhood. So, ladies, I am going to say a word, and you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, so the first word is feminine. Think of high heels. And I think of red lipstick. <laughs> okay. Girly. I think of my little niece. Just because she loves to wear party dresses and, you know, little crowns on her hair. And yeah, I just have that picture. I think of just the thought that came to mind was, you know those socks with the little frillies on the side? That you'd wear to church as a little girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you go to church as a little girl? I actually went to Catholic church sometimes. Oh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How about ladylike? Hmm. I know I think of church hats and... I don't think they're called church hats, but but yeah. I think of like those hats they wore at like the royal wedding or yes, like yes. people wear at like the black churches, mm-hmm. yeah. the big rims and mm-hmm. the feathers and mm-hmm. the veils. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think of tea parties. So when we look at like those three words and the way the way that we think about them In terms of womanhood, what would you say our, I don't know, our definition? Of womanhood? Yeah. See, I think those things, they're not like disconnected from womanhood, but to me they represent more of what femininity is. So... I don't want to get technical in terms of like what each (laughs) definition means, right? But when I think of womanhood, I think more of like characteristics, whereas those remind me more of like uh, what qualities would be, are those qualities? Are they qualities? That's a very good question. I don't know. Because even when you say the word femininity, what does that mean? Like, can a woman wear baggy jeans and a t-shirt and still be feminine? Like, is is her femininity less because Mm -hmm. she's wearing baggy jeans? Not necessarily. Aaliyah did it, and she did it well. Mm -hmm. Rihanna does it. Rihanna does it well. Yeah, I think when I think about womanhood, I think a lot about roles and responsibilities. Because I think for a long time, when we thought about womanhood, it was all about roles. Being a mother, being a daughter, being a wife. And um, I think those roles um, started to define us as women. And then, you know, the whole Me Too movement came in. And, you know women being engineers or women being CEOs. And I think even though there's a small small percentage of women in those categories, 
but I think there was a time when there was just no woman in those roles because it, it was seemingly, you know, air quotes, a man's job or being a plumber or, you know, something like that. But I think that womanhood is now so much broader than before when it was just so, you know, such small categories. You could either be one or the other or the other, you know? So, yeah, I mean... I mean, the dictionary definition of womanhood is the state or condition of being a woman. So that doesn't really help. (laughs) (laughs) State. Yeah. Because right, it, it's, like, so diverse, right? I don't think it's as complex as, like, the world makes it seem, right? Because, like, the world will say, like, um, you know, especially now with, like, the transgender movement and, like, sexual liberty and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think people make it more complicated than what it actually is. But I do think it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because even going back to those words that I started with when I think of like even the word like girly and the fact that we would think of like frilly socks or like Mm. pink dresses Mm -hmm. I mean not all little girls like to wear those things yeah like some little girls I remember my niece while she's into that stuff now I remember at one time taking her to a store and telling her pick a toy and the only toys that she had any interest in were all, like, trucks and, like, things <laughs> that little boys would yeah, play right. with. Right. Yeah. And any times I tried to show her anything that was remotely, quote-unquote, girly, like, she just I was completely disinterested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So I think in that sense, when I think of, like, Jen, what you're saying, like, it's just the state of being a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of womanhood. I think Mm -hmm. of, okay, born female. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even in that, you've defined it, right? Because the world has such a different opinion on what actually makes you feel like you're a woman or not. Especially with, you know, all these um, different movements that James spoke about. So, you know, is it being born the gender female that we're talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, God created man and God created woman, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the easiest way for me in mm-hmm. my mind to understand what it means to be a woman. Right. God created me to be a woman, therefore, I am a woman, mm-hmm. right? And regardless of, like, the roles that come along with it, so whether um, it's being an employee, whether it's mm-hmm. being a daughter, whether it's being a mother, none of those roles make up, like, a lesser or a higher mm-hmm. value of my womanhood. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you said being a daughter, it just made me think, so what then is the difference between raising a daughter and raising a son? Because obviously you're raising a daughter to be a woman, mm-hmm. you're raising a son to be a man, mm-hmm. but like, they're not the same, but what's different? From my understanding, and again, like, I think just in God's design, like, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful. So when he creates something, he does it with thought, and he does it with um, just intent. So I can say, like, you know, and I did say that certain roles don't make me a woman. They don't define my womanhood. 
but it's also very clear that like in the spaces that we're in like especially in like a marriage or for me like raising two boys like the roles are different mm -hmm. for a man and a woman or a male and female um not to say that they don't like necessarily intersect with one another but i don't know that question's too hard for me right now because <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to contradict myself when i say like there's no roles but then there are roles you know what i mean yeah I guess when you're saying you're talking about stereotypes, right? Like, not stereotyping what a woman's role or responsibility should be. Because even when you think about, you know, like single dads, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. uh, stepping into those roles. So I think when I think about this, I feel like in order for the full expression of God to be seen, women have to be seen as representing a part of God mm -hmm. that brings about the whole picture with both male and female. Because mm -hmm. there's, there's some things about a woman, the way God has created a woman, that is different to a man. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we both are supposed to be representing God. Mm -hmm. Right. In whichever way that looks, yeah. you know? So I guess the question then would be, what are the attributes that are more defined, the attributes of God that are more defined in a woman? What is it about us differing from a man that brings out who God is? So I think oftentimes we look at God as like God the Father, and that is, you know, one of the three one one part in like the three parts of the trinity but i also think in the fathering part there is also a very feminine um and i think what we would define as motherly nature in terms of like someone who is nurturing and caring and loving and just between the two my two parents like i've always seen my dad as like the one who has been the provider whereas my mom has been the one who's nurtured us and loved us mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, they have both taken care of us, but in different ways. Yeah, I think over the generations, things have changed too, because I think nowadays dads are more hands-on. Mm -hmm. A lot of dads, like most of the dads that I know, like, you know, my age or like in our age category, they're very present with their kids, you know, they're changing diapers, mm -hmm. they you know, bathing and, you know, and stuff like that. So I think there's also, there's also a change from, like, generation to generation right. as to how things are now seen. Because maybe before, moms never worked. They were, like, at home. But now both parents are working in most cases, you know, just to be able to survive even financially or whatever it is, the demands placed on a family. I think both parents have to take that that role. So... It's kind of interesting because then if you cannot define yourself as a woman mm -hmm. in those roles of mother or wife, there shouldn't be anything depleted from you. But I think for a lot of women, and yeah. even me before I met my husband, same stories like, 
you feel like you you are not complete without having that other person and i feel like that's where we we as women have to find our completeness in our womanhood and not think that we need a man to complete us in a way that's that's not even their responsibility right. really you know right and i like that you said that because that makes me think of you know god made adam and he said it was not good for him to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then he made woman out of Adam's rib. Mm-hmm. But like Adam and Eve, the woman, were both complete in and of themselves. Yes. It's just that they complemented mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And one wasn't the other's helper. Mm-hmm. And I think in that, again, is we see that holistic picture of God mm-hmm. in that God is a relational God. Mm-hmm. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So when he made man, he needed someone for man to relate to mm-hmm. as well to show that picture of him that mm-hmm. we are supposed to be in relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So beyond like procreation, <laughs> uh, what would you say because we know, like, the roles of women have changed over mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. right? And being a stay-at-home mom is not lesser than being a working mom, just like mm-hmm. being a working mom mm-hmm. is not lesser than being a yes. stay-at-home yeah. mom. Yeah. But what would you say to women on either side of that, like, to encourage them in their womanhood mm-hmm. and show them their completeness? Mm-hmm. What words would you give them? I'm just thinking about myself you know and like I I was married and the marriage failed I was married I was a woman prior to being married and I'm still a woman Mm -hmm. now I you know not too long ago wasn't a mother and now I am a mother but again the the personhood of Jen is so wrapped up in also like the womanhood of Jen so I don't think that like there's a separation really between the two. Um, what was the question again? Like what words you would give a woman on either side or in whatever role that she's in to just encourage her in her womanhood, in her identity as a woman. And I think that's just it. It's your identity, right? And yes, like there's all there's different roles that make up who you are, but it doesn't mean like if you're single if you're not a mother, you're less of a woman than someone who is, right? And I think it's very simple because it just goes back to who God created you to be. And if God created you to be a man, then you're a man. If God created you to be a woman, you're a woman. And there's nothing that is added on or taken off of your manhood or your womanhood that makes you less than or more than. I think, um, you know, when I think about your question, Jamila, I feel being on either side, like, you know, when I think about moms, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a mom going to work, I think it's a challenge both ways because leaving your children in a time when they need you because you have to be at work, like I know of moms, it's such a difficult thing. They would actually cry at work because they just wanted to be with their children, but they cannot because whatever reasons, you know. Mm -hmm. But then again, when you're a stay-at-home mom and you're with your kids, 
you get to that point where you realize, wow, you know what, there's people that are moving ahead in their career. I'm so many years, you know, at home. You can go into depression. You can lose your focus even, you know, and it's not an easy place to be because, you know, I feel like for myself, I gave like seven years, like six years of my life to my kids from the time I had my first one right to the last one. Um, being at home, you know, being present for my kids, not being, you know, in full-time employment and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't regret those years mm -hmm. at all because I feel like I did what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. However, there was a process that I was also going through of molding and shaping because I wouldn't even be on a podcast like this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even want to put my story out there had I not had that process. And yes, it was a painful process because it was about identity. It was finding myself. What am I supposed to be doing? You know, mm -hmm. is it just that I'm supposed to be a mom and I ends there now, you know, um, because I come from a professional background, you know, so it's balancing this whole thing. And I think women sometimes feel like they have to choose. And I feel like, you know, who said that we have to choose? Right. Mm -hmm. We can be both. You can be whatever you want to be and just do it to the best of your ability. It means that yeah, there might not be all the times that you'll be there for your kids, but that's okay, mm -hmm. you know, or there might not be all the times that you could be present at work because you need to be at your kid's recital or like soccer match or whatever, mm -hmm. and that's okay, but I think we have to become more forgiving of ourselves, and I think that is where I feel like it's God's, how God sees us, you know, and I think more so than just being like, Oh man, I'm not a good mom if I don't do this. I'm not a good wife if I don't do this, you know, and have put all these expectations on ourselves and then sit at the end of the day and be like, why do I feel so like down and so like, you know, think so. Yeah. But I think with what you just brought up, it, you know, if my womanhood or my identity as a woman gets so wrapped up into who I am as a mother or my role as a mother, or my role as a daughter, or my role mm -hmm. as a wife. Mm -hmm. If that is what my womanhood is wrapped up in, then I think the notion of my womanhood gets lost because mm -hmm. at any moment, like I may not be a wife anymore. Mm -hmm. I may not be a mother mm -hmm. anymore. Right? Like, mm -hmm. and, like again, not to be morbid, but like anything yeah, sure. can happen. Yeah, and if my womanhood is tied up in just this particular role um, of many roles that mm -hmm. you know women play, it it gets lost. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when it's taken away, then it's painful because, you know, like people who have lost husbands, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or mothers who've lost children yeah. tragically, some of them never, ever, like, recover from those experiences, right. you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a challenging, challenging, you know. But I think those roles are gifts that encompass being a woman. Right, so not to take like those roles away from womanhood, mm -hmm. because the essence of my motherhood is so interconnected with like my womanhood. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay, so we couldn't be Christians and talk about womanhood and not bring up this word. So I want you to tell me what comes to mind when you think of this word, submission. I don't want to. That's what I think of. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
you don't want to submit yes <laughs> and why is that i think the word submission has been like so distorted in our culture because it like again the idea of submitting is like you're bringing yourself down you're not having your own way um you have to essentially like lay your life down so when i think of the word submission i think i don't want to do that but then as christian women um when i think of the word submit like that is the essence of who jesus is jesus submitted to god and if we're following jesus we're called to do the same mm -hmm. and it's not easy like there's so many times where i want to have my own way but I also know, like I think of this analogy that I heard from a pastor who was talking about a train and like the train is free as long as it's bound to the tracks. So I think in the same way, like a Christian is free as long as we're bound to God. But the moment like the train that moves so quickly and moves so freely, if it's not bound to the tracks, then it gets derailed and it can be found in like an accident. I think in the same way, um, if we're submitted to God, then we're free. Right, so again, just challenging like my thinking, the way I think of the word submission has for the most part of my life been incorrect, but the correct way for me to think about it is in relation to God, I'm mm -hmm. free as long as I'm submitted to him, and I don't think um the world in in like the world we view we ever see like the word free and submit go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you know, um, kind of just piggybacking what you of what you said, um, Jen. When I think of submission, for me, my um, closest representation of submission is being a wife, mm -hmm. um, and just because the scripture says that, you know, wives submit to your husbands. But um, I always have this picture of submission as being a point of strength. And because in the same way you, you, you said that uh, submission has been used in a negative sense as, you know, you laying down your will for somebody. But I feel like in that act of submission, there is a great strength that's needed to be able to submit to somebody. It's no, by no means a place of weakness. Mm -hmm. you, to bow your will to someone else is a difficult thing to For do, sure. you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a strength that has to be celebrated in being submissive. Um, I do have this picture, you know, of someone kneeling before a king, but the king coming and lifting up your hands and making you stand up. And that's my picture that I have of marriage is that there's a prerequisite. So the scripture says, wives, submit to your husbands, but it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church, which is a full love. It's not just like this erotic love or whatever. It's the fullness of love. And I think... It makes it easy to submit when you have a husband, you know, that is, that loves the Lord. Because you know that he doesn't take advantage of your submission. He doesn't want to dominate you because you're now submitted. He actually says, okay, thank you for doing that, you know, but let's do this life together. Yeah. Let's make this happen together. Wow. And then he forms this covering over you because, you know, from scripture, he is the priest of the home. So there's a protective nature that comes with allowing yourself to be submitted so that the covering over you is secure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? But as I'm saying, I feel like it only works when the husband 
knows Christ and you know and and is living a God-centered life as well right yeah and I think Larissa I like um what you're saying because we see in the Bible over and over again that the church is referred to as God's bride Mm -hmm. and so when we understand that God is our bridegroom and we are his bride then we can also understand and acknowledge that a human marriage is modeled mm-hmm. after that relationship right. that God has with his people. Mm-hmm. And so like when you say like husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. we have that example of how God mm-hmm. loved the church mm-hmm. so much that he was willing to lay down it's his that, life yeah. mm-hmm. even though we didn't deserve it. Yes. Right? And so if you have a human husband who's willing to lay down his life for his wife even Mm -hmm. though she doesn't deserve it Mm -hmm. you know then it would be easy for the wife to submit knowing that he loved her that way Mm -hmm. and so I think where we see submission in that negative way is when Mm -hmm. we take a broken and fallen human Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. And we try to look at God through that lens, Mm -hmm. which is the reverse of how we should be doing it. Mm -hmm. We should be looking at the perfect God and saying, well, what example is he setting for us? Mm -hmm. Not looking at our own fallenness Mm -hmm. and then saying, well, I don't want to submit to God if he's like that. Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is God is not like that. Yeah. Mm Yeah, I think, you know, um, when I think about this, uh, the topic of womanhood, I think about the Proverbs 31 woman. And I think, you know, um, that is like probably the most read scripture when it comes to women's conferences or any woman related (laughs) event. And um, I think when I first, you know, heard the scripture, I would always process it in a way of all the things that she did. You know, she was industrious. She was a good mother. She was this, she was that. And I got so caught up on the things that she did that I missed the biggest part of that scripture. And it's only after reading it a few times and even thinking about this podcast that it just came to me. Because it says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I never read it like that before. And now I'm realizing, wow, had I known that, probably some of the things that I did in my own personal life would have been completely different. Mm -hmm. Because then you wouldn't live up to the standard, but realize that everything has to come under that, the fear of the Lord. Right. There's freedom in that. Mm -hmm. And I think even even in that, there can always be the misunderstanding of what it means to fear the Lord. Right. Like we're not saying be afraid of the Lord, like shaking under your sheets, yeah. you know, Yes. but like having a healthy respect and yes. reverence for mm-hmm. who he is mm-hmm. as God and living your life in the light of God is God. Mm-hmm. He is in control. Mm-hmm. He is perfect. He has my best interest mm-hmm. at mind. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. so it serves me well to be obedient mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that understanding that God is gracious. Yes. And so we will fall at times. Yes. Absolutely. But we're always falling forward into God's arms. And he's mm-hmm. picking us back up, setting us on our feet and sending mm-hmm. us on our way. Mm-hmm. And like throughout our lives as women, we are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like each and every day, mm-hmm. like yeah. his mercies are new. Mm-hmm. And we have new opportunities to mm-hmm. grow and to mm-hmm. learn. And again, it's just, it's freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now we don't have to as- ascribe to those roles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like we said, our definition is not mother doesn't define me. Yes. Daughter doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. You know, wife doesn't mm-hmm. define me. Mm-hmm. God defines me. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I think about like how many people, especially women, struggle with identity issues, but when you say God defines me, period, it, again, it seems like it's such a simple remedy because it is, but then we're always like wrestling with it and chasing Mm -hmm. after all these other things when that's the truth. Like a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, period, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we can wrap up now. So I like this verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11. That might be wrong, but here's the the verse anyways. It's nevertheless in the Lord, woman is not independent of man nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman and all things are from God. Mm. And I think that kind of brings the totality of this message Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day yes god made male god made female Mm -hmm. and together like larissa said earlier you have a whole picture of god Mm -hmm. yeah the fullness of his character Mm -hmm. and attributes Mm -hmm. i think there's a power in that because it means that we don't have to fight for a position that you don't actually need to be in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you don't have to force yourself to be either side, to be, you know, like your womanhood is not, dis, uh, isn't then not defined only by femininity. Because what about women that are, don't consider themselves feminine, right. mm-hmm. you know, or women who do, who are really feminine and very girly. Like it, it doesn't polarize, but it actually just pushes it all together in this package and saying, okay, whoever you are mm-hmm. supposed to be as a woman, you're representing God mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, likewise as a man, so yeah, and definitely together the full expression, you know, of um, of who Christ is. So yeah, any closing thoughts, Jen? I don't know. Like I, for me, when I think of womanhood, you know, and I know we're closing up right now, but I think it's also just coming from the experience that I've had. Um, really important to recognize the truth in that, like we're coming at a, at the topic of womanhood from a place where um, we're standing with the truth with what God has said, but there's a lot of women in this world who haven't experienced that, mm-hmm. right? So they've been mistreated, they have been abused. Mm-hmm. So I think my hope is for those women who um, are in situations where they're not 
um, being treated in the way that God desires for them to be treated mm -hmm. is that they would hear something like this and know that their womanhood um, doesn't make them lesser than mm -hmm. anyone else around them, um, anyone mm -hmm. else that they may be submitted to or you know whatever the case may be, but that um, they are who they are because God has made them that way and that in being an image bearer of God that they are valued and loved and redeemed. How about you, Jamila? Any closing thoughts? I think along the same lines, just that I'm a woman because God made me a woman and any goodness that is in me comes from God. Any worth that I have is from God. It's because he is worthy, not because of anything that I've done or didn't do for that matter. So again, even for those women who don't know him, the only freedom and hope that I can offer them is to know him mm -hmm. because he's the only one who can offer them freedom and hope and peace in being a woman. Mm -hmm. Wow, thank you so much ladies for this discussion. So to our listeners, whether you want to use your high heels or sneakers, just remember whatever you do, just represent who you are supposed to be. So thank you for joining us today for another session. Uh, we value each one of you and would love to hear from you. So please do drop us a message on our Instagram page. That's at SIG Podcast. That's at SYC Podcast. We look forward to hear from you. Until next time, we leave you with these words from On Our Lips. Who am I? Who am I? Why do I think I know? When it's who I see, I think I am. If my reflection's my perception, is it really truth? Image you see, I see staring back at me. Is who I am simply woman, hairdo, makeup, and pretty smile? Nice clothes, boyfriend, and girly crew? Is she who I am, or is there more? Could I be what's underneath my skin? You know, all that I cannot see. Is that me? Good heart, strong will, and faith in God character, charm, compassion, love, focus above. I do believe that that is me. So when you see this girl before, please seek to find my heart because that's the part that really makes me all that I am. Who am I? I am his child, your sister and your friend. So when I get lost in worldly common things, please look beyond and remind me of who I am and what I need, my savior inside me.